Welcome to Flopography, where we revisit old pop albums that are known by many, not because of their critical or commercial success, but because of their lack thereof. These albums received the designation of Flop. But did we give them a fair shake? Hello and welcome to uh, Season 2, Episode 3 of Flopography. Mike and Steve here, uh, ready to bring you our third episode of the year. And Mike, you're giggling over there. What's going I am on? just having the giggles today, Steve. I'm just like ready to go. <laughs> you're, you're ready to go. Uh, well, you know, let's get right into it. You are probably giggling because what you turned like 30 or 29. Oh my God. <laughs> my age. Yes. Uh, my birthday was last week. It feels like forever ago, but I think my birthday month. And I have a lot more celebrations on the horizon, but yes, uh, milestone year. I am living life and it feels no different and I feel good about it. That's good. You know, 30 is a great year, Mike. I'm 33, so I can call you out on your age. I feel that's appropriate. Yeah. So you enjoyed your celebrations this weekend? I did. I did. It was was jam packed, lots of food, lots of cake, and it was really good. And so um, I extended it today, had a day off, went to the pumpkin patch with uh, my nephew and niece and my family. So it did all the fall things and uh, feeling good about life. I'm just a little bit tired and after running around with kids all day. <laughs> did you get a, did you get your pumpkin spice latte really? Actually, yes. I'm going to send you the photo see if you can show everyone. It's like crazy ass apple cider with a donut in it and like bunch of whipped cream. It was amazing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Jenny actually has been sending me a bunch of different pumpkin patches to go check out. It's funny. There's one just down the street. It, there's a there's an entry cost, um, but it seems very catered to young children. Mm-hmm. And I feel like going as two grown adults, maybe we go to a different pumpkin patch that's a little bit more, uh, I don't know, adult friendly, if you will. Yeah. All right, and that brings us to this week's album that we're re-reviewing, and that is Younger Now, or in Mike's case, Younger No More. Uh, by Miley Cyrus. That is, I think, why we're both wearing denim, because Mm. Miley goes country in this album a little bit. Little country twang, folky. Miley pulled what every pop female star does. They go to the country for an era and then they go back. <laughs> I wonder why they go back because it yeah. seems like that era is one that we cover quite frequently. So, a little bit of context about Younger Now by Miley Cyrus. Uh, the album was released September 29th, 2017. So, we're fast forwarding a few years after doing The King of Pop and Queen of Pop. Uh, back in the early 2000s to 2017, a little bit more of a recent album. It's a six-studio album by Miley Cyrus. It began planning as like a commercial follow-up to her fourth album, Bangers, which was widely considered a hit, uh, while making her fifth album, and I had never heard of this album, but the experimental Miley Cyrus and Her Dead Pets. I was about to say, Steve, I'm like, you totally skipped an album, and that was a huge flop, but I think also a purposeful flop, but we'll get there some other day. With that, this was influenced by her 2016 reconciliation with Liam Hemsworth. It's a country <laughs> and pop record. 
I looked into the production for you, Mike. I know you love understanding. He was literally about to go look for it right now because I'm like, motherfucker, I did not find the production time this episode. I'm glad you did. Yeah, it's it's Oren Yule, Y-O-E-L. I had never I had never heard of that producer. Yeah, I uh, this was a real shift, if you remember the Bangers era, a real shift from her provocative reputation to a more conservative image, uh, scaled back image. Mike, you, your face makes me makes makes it seem like you don't like the pullback from the provocative image. <laughs> no, no, I just we'll, we'll get to it, but like I definitely it also brings back a lot of memories too. That summer this album came out because. The first single was a total banger, no pun intended, but yeah. It was described as honest, leaning into her roots. Uh, but you'll see, and we'll get into more, the critics felt the songwriting and production lacked substance, which is always a big hurdle when you're talking about an album that's supposed to be personal, right? Uh, so with that, let's get right into the album's numbers and, and check out the buzz, the singles, the longevity, and the critics' reaction. You'll notice the first week sales are quite um, small in comparison to a lot of the artists that we've covered. She attained 45,000 album equivalents in her first week. So couldn't muster 50, 50K in albums especially with a studio album that's pretty much an underperformance across the board. Bangers uh, sold 270,000 in its first week. So this is an extreme come down. So from 270,000 to 45,000 in album sales. I, I looked up Miley Cyrus and her dead pets. I think it was released for free on SoundCloud. Yes, and then it, it was. later came to Spotify and Apple Music, but there were no physicals. I didn't see any like billboard charting for that one. Yeah, you know, I don't think it charted because it was free. And so, you know, that totally bypassed everything. That was a weird era. And you know, I, I think with, with Miley on that one, she purposely wanted to do a middle finger to record labels in the industry overall. And it was kind of like an extension from the Bangers era in some capacity. It was almost like an extreme experimental version of... Very extreme. Very extreme. It's gross. If you all see videos of her like bathing in milk and cereal, it's disgusting. That's a really weird era. Also, just to note that Miley historically doesn't have the largest first week sales plastic hearts for example which has been reviewed very well is her latest album sold sixty thousand in its first week the lead single was malibu it went uh in the top 10 number 10 and spent 15 weeks on the billboard hot 100 but here i am next to you the sky is more blue in my uh, the second single was Younger Now, which uh, went to number 79 and only spent one week on the Billboard Hot 100. Change is a thing you can count on. I feel so much younger now. In comparison, like I said, the singles prior for uh, bangers, Wrecking Ball hit number one for 32 weeks, had the kind of buzzy classic now video that accompanied it. 
Additionally, we can't stop went number two and spent 26 weeks on the chart. Bangers after bangers. And then she goes to this. <laughs> so what did you think of Malibu? Did you enjoy that song? I liked it. You know, it was very summery, very fun and playful. Um, and honestly, like it was the perfect song to release in the summer. And I think a lot of her fans and I would call myself a semi fan. We're so excited about the potential, right? Because Miley went back to the commercial route and to release a song that was just made everyone feel good about life. So I live loved Malibu. How about you? Yeah, we enjoyed it as well. And I say we, because Jenny and I put that on our California road trip playlist. And as you went to Malibu so Cal, we looking to, <laughs> yeah, when we were looking to move here. So I'm very familiar with that song, probably more than any other Miley Cyrus song outside of party in the usa which is interesting obviously like i know wrecking ball and we can't stop but those aren't songs i really like go back to uh malibu is like an easy listening fun like breezy light song i never came to the beach or stood by the ocean i never sat by the shore under the sun with my feet in the sand but you brought me here that you did. It kind of sticks out really prominently from the album because it sounds very different than the rest of it. Exactly. And so with that, the album longevity. So uh, the album peaked at number five on the Billboard 200. It only spent eight weeks on the chart. So in comparison, Bangers hit number one has spent 55 weeks on the chart. Plastic Hearts Currently, number it hit number two and has spent 32 weeks on the chart. So even Plastic Hearts, which only sold 15,000 more in its first week, is on the charts like more than three times the length of Younger Now. Additionally, uh, the Hannah Montana albums that she released under <laughs> under that name are three times platinum each. So successful sales that she's had previously. Obviously, things have changed in the streaming era. But I would say like Miley has kept her, you know, reputation and notoriety pretty solid throughout the years compared to some other Disney stars. So uh, you would not expect this to have that short of an album um, run on the Billboard 200. If someone listened to it, though, they would expect it. <laughs> Let's be honest. And now you've got me thinking, watching And then critics' reactions. So to be fair, Miley doesn't necessarily do that well with the critics. Even Bangers only got a 61 out of one out of 100 in, in, in Metacritic. Uh, for this album was a 58, so mixed or average reviews. And in digging through some of the critics' reviews, there were a couple of quotes that I pulled out. Uh, one being where her past albums felt messy, but painfully sincere younger now comes off as a safe and overly sanitized with the frisian that made Cyrus a star all, but entirely blasted away. Still the album has some plainly good songs. So pretty, pretty harsh critical review. Another one says in truth, the move towards country music made on younger now is fraught with potholes that she and producer Oren Yule uh, rarely managed to avoid. The main problem is the half-heartedness of the move. 
So I think people really felt that she didn't go all in from a critical perspective. All right, Mike, now that we've gone through the numbers and the context of Younger Now by Miley Cyrus, I'm really excited to get into the analysis of the album. I'm interested to hear specifically uh, describe your initial reaction to the album in one word, if you can. If not, um, feel free to use all of the words. Insincere, 100%. Um, that, that totally, that last review you read out loud resonated with me because I just felt like this is not Miley, you know, even though she said it was. And it's uh, insincere, I think, in my perspective. What about yours? My initial reaction was that the album felt disjointed. Uh, the album was part country, part pop, uh, and part folk, right? But the three different genres didn't blend together for like a cohesive album. Uh, and part of the album felt like a love letter to Liam Hemsworth with songs like Malibu. And then part of the album felt like a breakup album. Uh, there are quite of songs that were in the realm of, of sadness, right? And so while most of that album was inspired by her relationship with boyfriend and then husband, Liam Hemsworth, there's one song in particular, She's Not Him, that seems to be about her brief uh, relationship with Victoria's Secret Angel uh, Stella Maxwell. And so she, that song was actually, I did some research was about, uh, how, you know, this woman is not Liam. So there was quite a bit of disjointedness throughout the album. There were quite a few low moments on the album. I think we both agree, but what was your low moment of the era or the album? I'll go with the album because the entire era could be perceived as a low moment, to be honest. Um, Rainbow Land, holy fuck, with Dolly Parton. Like when you have someone as iconic as Dolly Parton, uh, who's I believe her godmother, on the track that literally follows up a string of, of Malibu, Younger Now, and then of that, it's just like, is it, that is probably the sore thumb in the entire album. It's just like sticks out. It's, uh, it's a country song, twangy, that just does not sound good at all. Parton should that was an injustice to her career what was interesting about that song in particular what were your thoughts on the spoken word by dolly and the messages captured by miley that she added to the song anytime a spoken word sounds like a voicemail i always kind of am like is this really a voicemail or is this just kind of recorded for the song itself right um but now that you're saying that because i you know i'm till now i didn't really connect i'm like was this like uh you know, like a D list reject from one of Dolly's old albums or her treasure trove of demos that she just sent Miley. And she's like, here's what we can do. And Miley's like, oh, she's my godmother. I got to do it. You know, that song sucked. I'm sorry. It's really bad. If not, like I said, all right, that looks home for you. You probably wrote it about some boy you loved, didn't you? Well, <laughs> I mean, when you have an album that was what, like 11 tracks, you're pretty selective on what you include. Mm -hmm. And so to include that, if that was like a reject track, I did feel, I understood the sentiment of uh, hooking up with Dolly, but I didn't think that 
the song felt cohesive with the other music on the album. And so for me, actually, the low moment took place just last year in 2020 uh, when Miley said Younger Now didn't make sense. Uh, Damn it, Steve. I was going to mention that later on. (laughs) we'll, we'll, We'll talk more about it. We can get into some of it now. But Miley said, when I took, when I look at my career, there was really one, only two years or one period that didn't make sense. And I think that you and I probably know that it was the younger now kind of Malibu. She calls it the Malibu era. So she doesn't even denote that the full album existed. Uh, And Cyrus confessed that she lost her identity to someone else. Presumably this would be her ex-husband, Liam Hemsworth, while working on the record, which is why she can no longer relate to much of it. And I think uh, this is a quote from Miley. And I think what happened, which does happen to a lot of people, and it's not to villainize the partner, but you lose yourself in someone else sometimes, she admitted. So I think the low moment is is the fact that Miley doesn't even like call this one of her, you know, um, studio albums, if you will. She almost discards it like a black sheep. Well, and, you know, now that we're diving into it, like, I think Miley Cyrus has a continued identity crisis. Like, this is ongoing. And she's gone everywhere, right? Like, she was, obviously, take away her Hannah Montana days. Those were, you know, obviously, she was a, she was a kid. But she went in hard on this era of um, We Can't Stop, bangers, you know, Miley with uh, the tongue sticking out and booty twerking, and then moves into the Dead Pets era, which was just completely off the wall. And then into this, and then back into the Miley with the tongue sticking out, and then into this rock era. And she just kind of like is, you know, all over the place. And I think that she identified this identity crisis in that quote, because um, that stuck out to me too. And she let others and perhaps, you know, loved ones di- kind of dictate where her career goes, right? And her sound. And, and I think that. Miley thrives when she has her tongue sticking out and twerking. Um, I don't know if you saw any of her clips from her Lollapalooza set this year. Did you at all? No, no, no I didn't. So did she bring like, the twerking back? I mean, she yeah, she's like the Miley that people love, and I think that that Miley, the 2013 Bangers era, is the Miley that people love, and her fans go wild, and I think she likes it too. Like you, she's in her element when she performs her songs in that era and and that type of aesthetic. So, um, but I think this album is representative of Miley's challenges and finding her grounding and her sound in the pop music world. Her two singles were Malibu and Younger Now, but mm-hmm. is there another single or song in the album that should have been a single? Inspired. That is just a really good track and a really good closer. Um, the song, I, I actually liked it before, obviously we reviewed it and re-listened to it again. Um, and so listening to it again was just such a really great way to cap the album. And it's, it's so beautiful. And, and I would say that is a song that probably could have had legs as a single. Yeah, it was like an extension of like there were a couple songs in the album that were ballads that were almost like building off of the success of Adore You from um, her previous album. 
And mm -hmm. I, I thought like, I actually really enjoyed a couple of her ballads, like to the point where I played them a couple of times. Like it, it wasn't just a single listen uh, of the from album. this album. From this album, and one what? was inspired. I thought inspired okay. was really good. Like you said, I also really enjoyed "Miss You So Much," uh, yeah, and that's I like what that I have chose. What what I would have chosen for a uh, single. I thought that was a nice one. No, I never hurt you. If you fall, I pick you up and I drink your tears. But how can I miss you so much when you're right here? What aged the best to you from younger now? It seems like you have a lot of things that didn't age well, but I'm curious uh, what aged the best for you. Miley's toes dipping into the water of being a singer songwriter um if anything this album did help her have a little bit more street cred as an artist and you know i don't know if she had that before right Steve? because like Miley was twerking with her tongue out right on robin thick and and then she went really really crazy and was wearing baby costumes in the dead pets era um and so i think this was part of her journey back into being, hey, you know what? That is Miley Cyrus. Yeah, she gets wackiness to her, but also she is a good singer. And because her vocals were decent on this album, right? I think we can agree on that. Um, and she kind of dabbled a little bit more in that singer songwriter vibe with the folky vibe. And I think that did help a little bit more prepare her for the ne next couple eras, including Plastic Hearts, which I think has been really acclaimed. Yeah, to me, what aged the best was, uh, not necessarily the Dolly Parton song, but Miley collaborating with like these iconic established acts. Like she collaborated with her godmother, right? Dolly Parton on Rainbow Land. Uh, but then on Plastic Hearts and some of her covers that she's done recently, she's partnered with Billy Idol, Joan Jett, Stevie mm -hmm. Nicks. And like, I thought Plastic Hearts was a very good album. And I liked rock, like going kind of the rock inspired nature. I think it goes really well with her vocals. Mm -hmm. um, I actually think to me, that's a better album and better era than bangers. Don't but, you dare. Uh, Come on. I, that is I a do. big statement. That is a I, big I think statement. I was surprised by the lack of pickup by Midnight Sky. I thought that was one of the best pop songs of last year, actually. Mm -hmm. Really felt in the same vibe as like a blinding lights, but it just, I think people had mm -hmm. kind of, dismissed Miley at, at radio. Um, and, and, and that was to her demise where in her bangers area era, they really, you know, promoted her via radio. But I, I think getting back to my original intention is that I just think that like, she's leaning into these icons and really bringing them to the forefront and the collabs there have been really interesting to me. And so I think that's something that's, that's aged well from the album. What, what in the in the opposite direction what didn't yeah. age well the way that she talks about her marriage with liam and i actually think she didn't break up with him the second time until after her ep um she is coming which we love always saying and hashtags and so forth um but she um kind of i felt like i think she felt like she was in shackles right um that is not what's aged well because you think of miley as this like strong independent woman who's fierce and just goes against the grain and she clearly is a person that loves and when she loves she probably loses herself in that 
I think that is kind of a sad part of what hasn't aged well, but I would say that's that actually. Obviously they divorced in January, 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and when t- she was 24 at the time, right. And touched it, touched on a variety of topics across wow. the album, relationship highs, lows, they came into play often. And there were many lyrics that seemed to hint at their rekindled romance at the time. Uh, in, in one line, she sings, I never would have believed you if three years ago you told me I'd be here writing this song in Malibu. Uh, and then the couple famously ended their engagement in 2013 before getting back together in early 2016. And I think having like this, this like black mark on the era because of Liam, I think that's partially why she disowns it. Well, and what you said earlier, Steve, and that it's a part love, part breakup album. I wonder if this album is where she really started in the writing process, started to realize, wow, like I'm singing about this, but I don't feel it. And that's probably why we get some some pretty sad songs that I would say in the, in the last quarter of the album, which are where all those ballads are at. Um, so I wonder if this is part of her journey and finding out, yeah, you know what, this is not something that's going to last. Well, then in that case, maybe it links back to the fact that you call the album insincere. How like if she's not feeling it, maybe there's some insincerity there. Mike, with that, I'd love to understand your rationale for what went wrong. Probably the fact that she tried to shake off the success she had as an artist um, that was grooming and being groomed to be the next big pop star, um, you know, that Disney star that veered off of the Disney wagon, right, and went total um, edge. And to the point of the review said earlier um, from one of the, the critics, like, it just kind of blasted that all away, right? And from PR move, I, I see what she's trying to do to maybe not go on that same path that others have, but also, I mean, hell, she was starting to create some momentum in her career, right? And I think that if she would have continued that, her pop music trajectory would have been so much stronger, and I wonder if she would get more airplay now. Um, so I think that's where she went wrong, is maybe trying to veer too much towards um, the right. Yeah, and I actually, m- my answer is going to be in that similar vein. She pivoted her persona incredibly from bangers, right? Like, hundred percent. You know, the ballads weren't that much different. There's still some good stuff in there in the in in the album, um, but you know what? What I kept asking myself is, who is really the audience for this? You know, mm-hmm. like it's it almost felt like if you had to compare it to another, you know, female at the time that actually had released an album just six months earlier. Uh, Lady Gaga released Joanne, right? A very similar pop folk direction, uh, especially from two stars that were provocative at one point. But at the time of release, like Joanne, Lady Gaga was 30. Miley is 24. She still has a career at radio, right? People dismiss artists in their 30s at radio. She pivoted, to your point, like too early. This was an album that maybe could have been more realized five years into her career. I agree. She was in her prime age-wise, and she still is. I think she still has more more room there. But but two things that kind of stick out right now is that, like, she, at this point in her career, she is older in her career, right? Like, she has 
been involved in the music industry since a teen, right? Since a kid. Right. So, so she is kind of older in her career. That said, like, I think this album served as a palate cleanser for her entire discography and her, her trajectory. I don't think Miley Cyrus is going anywhere. I think she has a lot more legs and, and room to continue moving on that pop path, right? So, Mike, it wouldn't be a fan tweet if we didn't pull something that had hashtag justice for Younger Now. So uh, let's start there. This is from MC's Four Walls. So this one says, it's sad that everyone is skipping Younger Now because it, quote, flopped. The album is truly amazing, especially lyrically speaking. This fan is the antithesis of what all the critics said. Honestly, these days, every pop star is a lyricist. Everyone says they write their own songs. And I, I don't think most of them do, to be honest. And I pulled this tweet specifically from Like I'm Drowning, uh, because it's not necessarily their perspective, but it's a quote that they uh, pulled and put into a tweet, which I think is interesting. And that there isn't a bombastic wrecking ball, she tells me at one point. And this is Miley obviously speaking about Younger Now to Billboard, actually back in 2017. So she says, there isn't a bombastic wrecking ball, she tells me at one point. But I don't want another song like that. That song catapulted me into in fame to another level that I don't want to happen again, dot, dot, dot. Hmm. That is interesting. But also, you're right. I don't know if she does. Steve, I think she's kind of complacent with where she's at, and she's comfortable being that tier B pop star that people know, but like she doesn't need another bangers era. And then one other tweet that I found that wasn't necessarily a fan's tweet, but it was from Pop Crave, which is a pop music a Twitter account and site that said Miley Cyrus confirms that she will release two more EPs this year. She is here will arrive the, in the summer, followed by Aww. She is everything in the fall winter to complete your mm -hmm. seventh studio album. She is Miley Cyrus. So I was curious. I don't know much about this. So did she not release two EPs yes. prior I'm to so this? I'm so sad. I am so sad. I was so excited for this era, Steve. And she is coming as a really good EP minus one song. And she never did the other ones. She just moved straight to Plastic Hearts and skipped everything. And I think it's because she is coming did not perform as she anticipated and wanted, probably because she kind of has a lot of her dig herself out from the hole from Younger Now era. And then that. The 2021 review of our Younger Now by Miley Cyrus. Flop or not, Mike? Flop. Miley's even called it a flop. I mean, so it, no, it really is a flop. I will, I will say though, Steve, throughout the course of this conversation, like I can kind of see the artistry in it a little bit, right? Um, from a PR perspective, I think this was meant to be a reset on her career and to get her off of the track of being seen as a crazy tongue wagging pop star to have a little bit more, again, that street crowd. And I actually am now seeing the beauty in that. That said, musically, this, this album is a flop. How about you? Mike, I'll have to agree with you. It's a flop. Okay, it's <laughs> so, good. Although I do, this is one of the few albums that I've like went back and listened to a few songs because I thought they were nice. Uh, but they were few and far between. Uh, and I think, you know, Malibu is a standout, but there wasn't enough consistency here to group these songs together to, to make an, a cohesive album. I think though, to your point, 
I do think this album was necessary in terms of like, I don't want to say course correction because Bangers was solid album in terms of commercial success. Uh, critical success, it was still kind of on the fence, but I think it required her to kind of hit the reset button in some ways that have contributed to her success with Plastic Hearts. Miley, she called it confusing. And so let's just both agree that it's a flop. All three of us. All right. Well, that wraps up our show this week. Uh, the last track, which is basically a space for us to continue to promote uh, the opportunity <laughs> to be a part of our show. Uh, so please uh, tweet us, uh, comment on our Instagrams, DM us at Flopography Podcast, uh, where you can suggest uh, upcoming albums you'd like us to review or uh, give your take on Miley Cyrus is Younger Now. And you can also, if you're watching us, listen to us, um, anchor.fm slash flopography podcast. That'll take you to everywhere that you can stream us. We're on every major podcast platform. Um, also, we love fan comments. So if you're not going to tweet us, feel free to email us. And that is flopographypodcast at gmail.com. And if you are watching us, like, comment, subscribe. Those things help us in the algorithms so thank you so much we got to beat that algorithm mike sooner exactly. rather than it's changing every day changing change every day every day you you keep us keep us uh, at the forefront of it um <laughs> well thanks everybody for joining us uh mike may be another year older but you know miley cyrus mm. is still younger now ah fuck you i was gonna say i'm younger now still damn it you're younger now <laughs> all right well have a great week everybody and, and see you next time done.